0: Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. The team
1: the belt. little default pass. That's just it. Here's a long three by all. He's back. He's back. Holiday. Shot clock down to
2: six. Finds one. Here's a long three.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Andy Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. Joined by my co-host Tom Lewis and Caitlin Cooper of Indy Corners as well. Caitlin, how are you doing today?
2: Doing pretty good. Obviously, we're in an O2 hole here with the Pacers, but other than that,
1: yeah, other than that, other than that,
0: uh, Tom, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm just glad it's not O2 and they actually played at home. That would really be depressing. But oh, that's a good you all the the old stripes movie which i know you guys probably haven't even considered watching stripes, but. It's, uh, it's bill murray right okay all right yeah. bill murray and then depression one. yeah i was gonna
1: say you just brought it on yourself anytime that i bring that up so um but yeah obviously <laughs> pacers are in an o2 hole now uh they have never come back from an o2 deficit but that you know that just opens it up to be the first series that they do it um so first of all, I think my first question I wanted to ask you guys, I'll ask you first, Caitlin, uh, did we enjoy the endearing seven, seven and a half minutes we spent with Jalen Rose and missed parts of the second quarter? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I did not enjoy that at all. I you mean, couldn't hear the audio. I don't know why that was a thing that's happening. I don't really need on court conversations during like off topic conversations during a playoff game, no matter who's doing it. Like, I don't know that, that was a little weird for me. If, if, people were watching the ESPN broadcast, which I was, but no, I did not need James yeah, that, talking from a Zoom call.
0: And that was the most frustrating part of the game. I kind of felt like that was when the Pacers had a chance to actually expand the lead several times and they just couldn't get out of their way on, on the offensive end. And, and then it was, you know, things kind of went south in there.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, that was probably my least favorite part of the game. Uh, I did not understand that at all. And it only only could happen during a Pacers national broadcast. But, you know, um, so it's it's kind of funny. Caitlin, you tweeted this out, uh, like, right when the game started. I didn't get to watch until later because I was in class. Um, I was really surprised that Edmund Sumner did not get the start tonight. Or I guess I shouldn't say surprised. Um, but given how well he played in the last game, it was one of the first things that popped out for me. And, I mean, you can – Uh, Sumner ended up playing just over four minutes today, but it was – I know he he was in there mostly because of the foul trouble that Aaron accrued early. Uh, He accrued foul trouble early again today. Um, But, no, that was an interesting choice, um, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, the one thing is I kind of wondered in the last seeding game if – since they started Edmond over Aaron, I thought, you know, maybe this is something they have in their back pocket. Maybe this is Mm -hmm. something they're going to spring on the heat in one of these playoff games. And then when they didn't do it in game one, I thought, well, maybe that's an adjustment that they'll make simply because you saw early. And I brought this up a couple pods ago, Victor on Duncan Robinson. Like I understand the logic there because he's going to be able to get through screens better than Brogdon, Mm -hmm. but he's just a guy that he likes to flutter. He likes to roam. That's what he's good at. And one of the first two that Duncan made, he came over to help at the nail, left Duncan too much space, and, and he's knocking it down. Yep. So for me, and especially some of the um, – how can I put this nicely? Kind of uh, energy and kind of casual issues he had on offense throughout the game. It kind of makes me think, you know, they need to get somebody else in the starting lineup with Link, which Edmund was good guarding Duncan Robinson in the two seating games. Get him out there, let him start and just – completely dog him focus on the defensive end so that victor has a little bit more to give offensively so i mean that's one of the first adjustments i would make you either got to get edmund or you got to get justin holiday into the starting lineup because aaron's played with that bench all year and i kind of understand the resistance to do it with justin because you kind of want to keep the mcconnell having both mcdermott and justin on the floor with him at the same time so they're spacing and doug and justin play well off of each other and in the um Floppy sets, but mm-hmm. I think that they got to make a change there in game three.
0: Yeah, with this matchup, I mean, it, it you know, things turn around when, when Justin went in, and it, it's just a series that, that calls for it, I think, at this time, just because uh, of the matchup. And, you know, Robin said, you know, before when Mark and I were talking about the series before it started, I, you know, mentioned that I kind of felt like the, the pitchers were already down. 0-2 um, just because there'd be a game like this one where Robinson and, you know, some other guys were just going to be so hot that it didn't matter what happened. Now, the first game wasn't like that, and and that's the one that really let slip away. But, you know, you got to know if they're going to come out and, and have this type of game, and, and to let him get loose like that early was brutal. Um I, You know, I, I listened to all the post-game stuff, and McMillan mentioned that, you know, they knew they were going to go to Robinson right away to get him going. Um, and they felt like they were ready for it. Uh, but, you know, he got three up in what a minute and 15 seconds. Oh, it felt and, like it. And, um, and and it was one of those games where it was like, Oh my God, everything's going to be so easy for them again. Um, and you know, the, the, they got to shake something up with that, with that rotation. Yeah. So it's
1: really funny kind of going off what what you both just mentioned. I, I, I get how – like, obviously, the bench was incredible during the regular season, but they just haven't had it at all since getting to Orlando. So, I, I, I don't know. I I know Coach McMillan is a little bit more resistant to change sometimes. That's not to, you know, dump on him. But it's it's at the point a little bit, especially considering it's, it's a playoff series, where you just need to repatch the, the lineups because the the bench still can't get it going. They were outscored 30-18 to 18 again today. Doug McDermott is just – gone outside that one seating game where he found a shot for a little bit. he just has not been able to get it going. And it's largely because he's missing bonus so much as a screener and the entire bench is missing that kind of screening. Um, But yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm, I'm looking, I'm hopeful that that will be an adjustment for, for game three, but you kind of wished it had already been an adjustment going in. Um, for me though, what was like totally killer, obviously Duncan was, that was nasty when he hit that pull up three uh, off the dribble from like 27 feet out when Justin and Vic both both contested the shot. I was just like, there's nothing we're going to do to stop him today. Like it was just like you mentioned, Tom, it was just that game. Uh, but when Jimmy – I mean, Jimmy had four, four points in the first quarter, and he didn't score again until a minute 37 left in the second quarter. And apparently Jimmy Butler is a three-point shooter again. So that's <laughs> a, just a totally different wrinkle. Um, but, no, that he, he scored seven points in the final minute and a half of the second quarter and um, went from being a, like a four-point game to almost a double-digit deficit going into the half. And that was like – I mean, obviously, that was, it's so early in the game, you can't say that's like a deciding factor. But that was just kind of the point where you felt like, oh, wow, okay, this has been the thing all year. The, the Heat have a guy – or just more importantly, the, the top team the Pacers are facing have a guy who can step up in those final minutes and get a couple of those, those buckets. Like that one, he had like a contested runner that like off his knees pretty much from like 10 feet out. That was just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that that was killer.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I'm not opposed to bringing up early game things as a, as a big overarching take, because I think in the first quarter, the bigger issue to me, Bam picks up two early fouls. And so far in these two games, so far in these two games, the Pacers are scoring a hundred points per 100 when Bam is on the floor. So pretty awful. That would be like the only team that scored worse than that is the Lakers right now because they can't make a shot. Bam is plus 42 (laughs) when he's on the floor. Are the, the Heat's plus 42 when he's on the floor, and they're minus 21 when he's off. So when he got in that early foul trouble, the Pacers really needed to blitz those no. final minutes. He played four minutes in the first quarter, and from then on out, the Heat made four shots. Like, they shot 38%, and yet going into the second quarter, they only had a two-point lead. Like, I just felt like after that, I'm like, yeah, they needed to have more of a running start here going into the second quarter, like – to me, if you're not winning the non-BAM minutes, you're going to really be fighting an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, that was just – that was killer. But, I mean, the, the, some of the turnovers, you know, just going into the traffic, they, they kind of talked about that after the game. Uh, McMillan brought it up, and someone asked Vic about it. it um, just uh, getting into traffic too much, and, and McMillan thought, you know, they were settling too much, but weren't able to drive and kick. But the, the Heat were just – Packing in the paint there, and, and they're just ravaging. The Oladipo there had a few possessions where it's like, God, man, no, don't go in there. <laughs> um, and that, and I just felt like any momentum they were, it looked like they were on the cusp of gaining the momentum and, and gaining a little control of the game, and they just they weren't able to. And with Bam not in there, um, it was almost like a double whammy when you're not able to take advantage of it. Um, and then you know. They settle down. They get that last, you know, minute and a half in the in the half and take a little control. Thanks to Butler making plays, and, and the pigeons didn't have anybody step up and make plays. And and that's you know a recurring theme when when they lose is uh, it seems like people are looking around for someone else to do the heavy lifting, and and no one really steps up to to make the, the big plays and 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 lead that team to through those points where they need it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think – I agree with McMillan's assessment there after the game that they were settling a bit. I mean, I showed a clip there. There's possessions where Brogdon and Oladipo got the preferred matchups that they wanted. They screened and they got matchups with Hero, mm-hmm. with Duncan, with uh, Goran even, up at the top of the key, the one. they Oladipo had a clear out. The other four people were clear on the other side yeah. of the floor, and he's there with Hero, and he takes a three. like. I mean, he still only took two shots in the restricted area. And even though he got eight free throws, four of those were in like the last two minutes of the game. And another one was an off-ball foul. So it wasn't so much that he was actually looking to attack and get in there. It just felt, I mean, it felt like a very casual 22-point outing. Like, I mean, it shows up in the box score that he did things. But, again, he had more turnovers than assists. His handle's just been kind of messy. And then, you know, letting Duncan go off at the beginning – I mean, part of the problem is when they get those preferred matchups, like what Tom said, you can normally see that at least one to two people are standing in the paint with at least one foot in the paint packing in. So they got to do something to clear that out. I mean, you either got to set an off-ball screen to occupy some of those guys, or at least you got to you gotta drive in and try to get, get something when that's the person in front of you because they're already getting stifled and suffocated so much when they're getting the switches with BAM. That I mean, not to go completely off topic, I don't know if we'll touch on TJ Warren later or <laughs> we not. We will definitely but, touch on TJ. <laughs> okay, then I'll leave that one. I'll leave my next comment I was going to make on that for when we <laughs> touch on TJ.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm thinking the same thing as well. Um, but yeah, just like going off that, uh, like you mentioned about Vic, that was something I wanted to bring up as well. I th- I can't agree more on that being, it sounds disin- almost, it's not disingenuous to say it, but like it's true. I mean, it was a casual 22 points. He took, I think he had like two or three catch and shoot threes. Those ones were like totally fine. Like, and I'm not. I know I've, I've spoken. It sounds like a conundrum because I've spoken so many times about how his team needs to shoot more threes. But right, taking threes. T- yes, exactly, taking threes in isolation against Bam Adebayo is just that's you're 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 killing yourself doing that. I mean, I think half of Malcolm's threes came against Bam in isolation. Uh, and Victor, like almost all of them were pull-ups, which was like, I mean, he's, he's extended his range to do that. But again, like you mentioned, Kayla, and I feel like that's part of why the driving lanes aren't even open. And I think it's, you know, it's partially because I think he's still just not comfortable back in his handle yet. And I, I wonder if he ever will get back to that I hope so. But, um, I mean, you can tell, like, like you mentioned Tom with, uh, when he drove in and sometimes we are like, no, don't do that. It's so different because two years ago, that's the complete opposite of what we're thinking um he just still doesn't look comfortable being in there and then kind of going off that again though the pick and pop game was just non-existent with miles um and i I sound like i'm I'm in like my armchair coaching mode getting all flustered but uh i mean miles finished with the fine and i thought he actually had a really good defensive performance um it was really efficient from the field but he's he's still record scratched like four or five times that were a, you know, a little frustrating, you know, he had a couple of just wide open shots from three um, that he just decided to pass up.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he hasn't been incredibly decisive. I mean, I think overall he had a better game today. Yeah, and again, definitely. one, one of the takes I'll save for the TJ Warren conversation, but um, <laughs> popping him is going to be more difficult in general against the mm-hmm. team that switches as much as the heat does. It's interesting because, uh, I watched this whole game back before we got on here. And even in the first quarter, there was three separate times. One, he set a screen up above. They got a switch with Duncan Robinson on Miles. And Miles went and ducked in into the paint. And they they go into pistol. Nobody looks at him. Another time, he has has Crowder buried. Malcolm Brogdon goes away and ISOs against Bam. Another one at the very beginning of the quarter. I forget if it was – I think it was Robinson again – and, and he didn't hold his spot long enough, and, and Robinson ended up fronting him, but that was in part because Malcolm was kind of stalling out. But the point being is, I mean, we all know Miles is not Domos. Like, he's not going to crunch a mismatch to that extent. But given the degree to which Victor and Malcolm have kind of struggled to break down Bam themselves or get into the paint and ISO from the outside, it's a little bit shocking that they're not even attempting to try the inside matchup. I mean, to a certain to a certain extent miles did get better against switches this year just getting in the mid post and turning around and, and shooting over the top like i think i'm to the point where i would almost rather see those touches than the like 10 seconds of dribbling trying to do something against bam
1: yeah i totally agree i tweeted that out the other day it's just been like i mean that happened in the first game too there were probably six or seven mismatches that he got um routinely with jay crowder and jay crowder is a decent post defender especially given his size but like like you mentioned, Miles is incredible. Well, not, okay, incredible is a little far, but he's good at rising up, and when he has a shorter defender over him, and just getting a, a clean shot off. Um, so that's been confusing uh, for sure. And it, it was, you know, reminiscent that that one on Duncan Robinson when he was wide open and his arms up was reminiscent of all those clips of Rudy Gobert uh, right before the All Star break in <laughs> Utah. Um, yeah, it was it was painful. What are your thoughts on that, Tom?
0: With Miles, I felt like he, you know, he, he did have a good game and. I wonder, to me, the assertiveness of him is, is still not there. I didn't see really assertiveness from anybody at, at certain points today, but I don't know if he raises his voice at all. But like when he's got Dr. about Barry, he's got to be screaming at guys, give me the freaking ball, you know, <laughs> let's go. Because um, somebody's got to step up on that team and, and change what is going on in, in times like that. And I feel like, They all are, you know, and so and this probably going into a different topic here, but it's just frustrating when when they're going through a a, a section of the game or where they can be, um, you know, bammed out. And different points in in the second half, I felt like the 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 energy and the um, the the want to the like there was no desperation. I didn't feel like there was any desperation that we gotta make a play here. And, you know, when you've got mismatches like that, everybody's got to be like, whoa, let's go, get it in the miles. And and I just don't see that that sense of urgency from these guys right now. It's, it's, um, you know, one of the things they say, you guys are a bunch of nice guys, and and maybe that's a problem. You know, when things are going well, they they can roll them and they get everybody involved. But um, when things aren't going well, someone's got to just shake these guys by the by the collar and, and get something going out there and you know it's up to the players to, to execute and you know I, I feel like miles definitely differs in in that sense as far as being a leader out there and i don't know who's who's going to give him the ball there if if he's not begging for it you know he's got to rise up and, and try and be the man in that situation and I'm, i just don't feel it's in his um, in his game right now, in his personality, I guess, kind of a different topic from you know those guys avoiding him or, or trying to make other plays and, and you know maybe they don't have the confidence in him to to go at it. But that is a definite you know issue with this team right now. It's a fatal flaw almost uh, as far as looking at these games. Um, you know wh- where they have to attack Miami. That's where they got to do it and. If they don't have confidence in Miles or, or he doesn't have the assertiveness to say, God damn it, give me the ball, then, you know, they're, they're going to struggle.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with all, all that. To me, too, is for most of the season, like you have when Malcolm Brogdon wasn't out there against Bam, who let's it, Bam is like a one of. a yeah one of one and being able to mm-hmm. guard one through five Malcolm scored well in isolation this year. And then they, obviously they did, they had Domos to immediately go hunt those mismatches. So for Nate, like you didn't, he didn't know going into this bubble situation that, that Domas was going to have plantar fasciitis. And Miles, right. I can kind of understand what you just said. Like, I don't have a ton of confidence in, in him to do something in the post. It's more just the fact <laughs> of if the, outside, if the outside mismatches are going as poorly as they have, then maybe try something exactly. else. But, um, but to your point of what you're saying about him demanding the ball, I mean, after that, he really didn't duck in that much anymore. It's mm. like, well, you know, why am I going to come in here and be setting up camp this often if I'm not going to get a touch? <laughs> Like, which you can kind of understand, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, this goes back to last year. They they're a little bit slow in recognizing where those advantages are. And right now when you don't have dome awesome, I just said, when it's bam, you gotta, they need to be able to look at doing some other things against switches. I mean, you don't only just have to hunt for a mismatch. You could be doing more with slips or you could be, you know, screening your own man and getting perhaps miles a shot that way. I mean, you the Warriors aren't always a great example because obviously they have two of the greatest shooters of all time, but that's something that Golden State would do a lot. They would have, you know, Steph Curry screen his own guy so that then the trailing big could get a three. It discombobulates a switch. Like just some of those types of things, which you wouldn't have needed to prepare for before now. Cause again, you didn't know Domas was out, but I, th- I think there's a little bit of extra stuff they could be doing here, but overall they just don't have a lot of levers to pull at this point. I don't think.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Well, before we get into the rest, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, Pacer fans. All right, so getting back into it, Caitlin, uh let's talk about TJ Warren because I think there's a, there's a little bit to dive into today, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about him.
2: Right, so obviously in game one, I wrote a little recap where – you know, he was seeing a lot of extra bodies. They're bringing him off on Iverson Cutter. They're getting him a preferred matchup in the post. And as soon as he's doing it, and some of this goes back to Miles, and, and game one, Bam was just playing goalie. He's staying in the lane and coming over to shadow TJ as soon as he got the ball. So when you're drawing that degree of gravity, like, they needed – TJ needed his teammates to be driving and cutting into that space. And that was an area that they could have taken advantage. Now, today, they basically didn't go to that. Like, he got very few touches in those situations. Most of what he did was either in transition Mm -hmm. or off of a spot-up attempt. And I just think that was a bit of a missed opportunity because there in the third quarter, they did go to it. And right away, to Miles' credit, instead of standing there and, like, not sealing his man, he made a cut to the basket. TJ drew the extra defender, hit him with a quick, you know, toss pass into the lane, and Miles scored. Like, to me, that was an area where, you know, you take advantage of the fact that the heat's keyed in on him. And and get some other shots out of that. You got to do something to move the defensive pieces because they're having enough trouble against their length and how they're packing the paint. That that was a clear area for me, and they didn't really use him in those particular ways. He's not doing a lot on ball or getting to do some of the ISO stuff that we saw in the seeding games. And again, I hate to be a broken record, but some of that goes back to Bam. But if you're bringing him off off, you know, the wedge pick and roll, the, the Iverson cuts or whatever it is. I, I think he was drawing extra bodies, and that was something that they could have tapped into, and, and that never really um, transpired. It was more Victor and, and Brogdon kind of dominating those types of possessions.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't really used as a screener much either, which is something that we saw a little bit more in the seeding games, and I was hoping to see more in the, the playoffs as well, but that really hasn't translated over.
2: I mean, he did. And, and yeah, i think. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah. But no, I, I was gonna say, I think it's um, you know this is a kind of a development time with PJ. Obviously, he burst on the scene the seeding games, but now it's like you're in a playoff series where you know where you are focused for the first time, and you know game to game they can, they can adjust as well. So you know it's now he's got to take another another step in his development, and adjust himself, and I'm just interested to see, you know, how he comes out in the next at least two games, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five. So, uh, um, it's just, you know, it's just that, that, <laughs> that uh, that's part of it, too, I think, with TJ, is like, it was hard to lean on him to be the lead dog in the playoff series um, just because he hadn't been there at all at this point. So, um and, and he's learning some you know, some lessons already.
2: Yeah, I mean the development for him, there I mean it goes back to with everything. I mean a lot about this matchup with with Victor in the state that he is, without Sabonis and it, with Warren drawing extra attention again, like what I said before the break, there's just not a lot of levers to pull. Yeah. At the same time, it's like they they need him to develop at warp speed. Like he's already yeah. done all of this. I mean, really I mean, he's already done all this in the seeding yeah. games and, and diversified his scoring profile a bit. And now it's like after I watch that game one, I'm like, oh, now they need him to be a playmaker. like Because yeah. what I just said, like making, yeah. being able to pass and get Miles that shot off a cut, like he's he's seeing coverage that he wasn't seeing in those eight games, which is what we could expect, like against exactly. the exaggerated coverage. And now it's like, oh, well, we need, you know, this much more from you. Because, I mean, in all honesty, in, in those games, they were better off when Victor was in more of a secondary role with TJ – taking yep. on increased usage. But what you just said is true. Like he doesn't have experience doing this and he's not a well-formed passer yet to really be executing. So, so I just kind of leaves you feeling like, you know, where to go from here to a certain extent, not to be a complete downer, but that was kind of how I was left feeling. today. No, I,
1: I felt that way too. It was uh, just like, like you mentioned about him wanting to develop at warp speed. Yeah. I'm watching him play and I'm like, gosh, I just wish this dude could get eight free throws a game. Like, that I, that's the one thing I know it's, it, you're looking at it. Like, I mean, he's obviously been incredible, but that's, it's not going to happen in a playoff series unless something remarkable happens. Um, but uh, yeah, if he could start drawing fouls, that'd be huge. But he's uh, again, I mean, he's not really even getting touches from his usual, usual spots. So it's tough to make that happen. Um, but I totally agree.
2: Right. I mean, I saw some discussion about that because yeah. he hadn't gotten to the line and like Jimmy and the heat had him and, and I'm not. I didn't relitigate every call to see what contact he t- took or didn't take. But I'm like, but this is who both sides of this are. Like, you went into the series knowing that the Heat were the top team in in the Eastern Conference at, at drawing free throws, and the Pacers mm-hmm. are 30th in the entire league. And and TJ, part of his game. I mean, he's good at going in and absorbing contact, but he also takes a lot of leaners. He takes a lot of teardrops yep. and push yeah. shots. That's not going to draw contact in the same way that Jimmy Butler's going to do. So I didn't really understand some of the complaining about. Officiate. I, yeah, I mean, I there's a couple calls that could have gone one way or the other, but the overall disparity in free throws, I think people should have expected that that was going to be there in this series.
0: Yeah, when you're avoiding, you know, he's incredible at avoiding contact to get that little shot off that's, you know, and makes some crazy shots that way. But when you are trying to avoid that contact, you never get a call either. Um, and so if he doesn't make the shot, then it's like, oh, man. Yeah, you know, maybe did get bumped, but there's the way you go about it. And if you're not forcing the issue in the contact, one one kind of overarching question that I have, and it's not really
1: trying to angle it any other way, it's just uh, just in general, do you think that this team is currently being outcoached?
2: Like I said, I can point to little things here or there, where some of the stuff against the switches that it, some of the ways they could have been clearing out crowds. Uh, whether it's with TJ's gravity or with doing some little stuff with off-ball screens so that they're not seeing so many bodies. like There's little stuff that they could be doing, but they're also up against a lot. Like I mean, I I know a month ago I yep. said, I don't think that the Heat is a good matchup for the Pacers. I mm-hmm. think that they would have been better off against the Sixers or Boston. I don't know that I would have I, – I mean, I know I probably wouldn't have picked them in a series with the Celtics, but I think that was a better matchup than what the Heat are. And uh, for Nate – I mean, there's just not – to use the same phrase I've said three times, I just don't know what (laughs) else you really do at this point. I mean, Victor isn't himself. You don't have other stuff to do with the switches. The rebounding has been an issue off and on. Uh, When you're already up against a team that scores easy points at such a a clip that they do, hitting the three like they did today, getting to the free throw line, a lot of times they're pretty decent at second-chance points – You're just – you're up against a lot. I mean, I would have made tweaks with the starting lineup. I think that they could be doing more with screen slips, but that doesn't always go back to Nate McMillan. Sometimes that's a read for Miles. I mean, he did that in game one where Bam could get up there to screen and he got a dunk out of it. Well, he's got to actually be the person to do that. Like, that's not necessarily a, a coaching thing. I mean, I think overall Eric Spolster runs more inventive offense than Nate does I think that this is something that the Pacers need to look at I wrote that when they extended him like I think they need to look at getting an offensive coordinator because there are other things you can do against switches besides just looking at mismatches and they really haven't done a lot of that but um, I I think defensively they've been relatively sound, minus some hiccups here and there. But, mm-hmm. again, I don't think that that was necessarily a scheme issue. I mean, they had times in the fourth quarter where Victor and Brogdon's point of attack defense on Goran was almost inexplicable. Some of the stuff losing Duncan, like, you know, if somebody falls on the ground in transition, which was Victor and Duncan's wide open for a three or Duncan gets one off of a offensive rebound, like, that's not really a coaching thing.
1: Yeah, good. Okay, yeah, I was you know, I, I not to that. say that I was fishing for that statement, but I I felt very much the same way. I uh, the fire the fire Nate crowd was out in full tonight, and so I've mostly oh, turned yeah. it off my Twitter. But yeah, I just think it's it comes down to the same thing. I think um, for me, it's just coaches can maximize a roster, but you it's it's a personnel thing. You know, the coach isn't going to win you. I mean, maybe they'll win you games <laughs> from some awesome sideline out-of-bounds play with 30 seconds left. But overall, I mean, it's the players who are winning the games. And the coaching, obviously, is a huge factor in that. But, yeah, it's it, it's the roster. We know what the roster's been like this entire year. And uh, there are pieces missing. That's not trying to create excuses. But, yeah, I totally, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Caitlin. And sorry if I cut you off, Tom. What
0: were you saying? No, that's okay. I, no, I was just going to say, I, I, the, the fireman crowd was, was – Heavy after this game, and I think it's a natural reaction because you get, you know, watch the game. And I know even, you know, my guy JMV, who I like a lot um, on the uh, local sports radio afternoon show, he was, you know, going after Nate after the game, which, you know, he he's usually pretty level headed on things and bringing up the, they've lost seven straight playoff games and all that. But it's like, this is, like, you got to take the context of this thing. Even with the bonuses, isn't a good matchup for the for the Pacers, Um, and so it's so frustrating. Because yeah, you can see those things where you you might want to do different things offensively. You might want to have different lineups and all that. But still, you 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 basically get undermanned. You no one thinks they're going to win. You know, Vegas isn't um, making the Heat a favorite just based on the coaching, Um, and you know so that is it's frustrating because. You see those things and you you kind of want to blame Nate, but it's like it isn't fair to, to throw it all on him um with with the situation you have there you'll have some bones. all the depots you know diminished you know to be kind um and so there you are and, and you're hoping that this guy T j Warren is going to rise up and play like a maniac in his first ever playoff series um and now he he you know he's learning on the fly. As well, So, um, you know, you, you almost have to be able to compartmentalize um, your feelings, which is impossible during a playoff game, especially when you're watching the game. Um, but, yeah, you know, the team can be outplayed and, and maybe outcoached, but would it matter with the way they're diminished a little bit? So um, it, it's uh, definitely a frustrating way to go into it. And you just hope they can, you know, win a couple of games here and get Get something out of this playoff thing and not all have it have, you know, completely negative feeling as they're ending the season because they have, you know, outperformed expectations considering everything that's gone on this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I, I kind of want to know what the the people that are having some of the issues with it, like, what was their expectation for this series? Like, were, I mean, there was a lot exactly, of under, yeah. there was a lot of underrating of Miami going on because even, I mean, I remember the one. That we recorded, somebody was on me and was like, "Oh, this was way too negative, and you're way giving too much credit to the heat or whatever." And I just, I brought up several things that we've already seen, and I'm like, "I don't don't know, matchup wise, I just, I never thought that this was a great matchup." So for me, I mean, I was kind of expecting a a relatively short series here. I mean, and, and the fact that they kept it close in game one when they didn't have Victor to occupy Bam with some of the ways he was shadowing. I mean, even. Even in his diminished state, Victor can still slice into the lane on occasion here, and they just mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of that cutting or anything in Game One, and it was it was still relatively close. Like, I mean, for me personally, maybe I just am kind of a sports pessimist, but when it was over, I was kind of like, "Hey, I'm kind of <laughs> surprised that they were in that to that degree." Yeah. So I guess I guess my overall uh, opinion of of what transpired is a little bit different than the outside world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh... It's interesting. I don't know. It's it, it, kind of an aside, but as I, as I've like tried to, I, th- I feel like I've transitioned more from being a fan. Um, Cause I, I guess I'd say I was a fan when you first brought me on Tom, but now I'm just trying to look at things more objectively and from the team point of view and everything. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't really think I was expecting this team to come out and, and I mean, I thought maybe it's possible and, and it still is possible in a, in a seven game series, maybe six Tom, you never know. Um,
0: but yeah, hey, it's uh it be, be optimistic. Sometimes. <laughs> what? I said it's hard to be optimistic sometimes, but hey. yeah, yeah hey, you got
1: got to bring the optimism. Um, but yeah, it'll be a uh, it'll be an exciting road for for sure. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of the fire Nate crowd coming out, but um just kind of in, in wrapping a little bit Uh, do we still have kind of confidence that this can be a a more competitive series? Or not – see, that even sounds dumb to say. We're down 0-2, but it's been a competitive series. It's probably been one of the top two or three most competitive series in the playoffs right now. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like how confident are we that this can be stretched to a six or seven game series?
2: Uh, Well – I mean, it kind of goes back to last Monday and in game one. I mean, it, you can't let the ones go Yeah, when Miami's not shooting right. from three. I mean, I had that stat in the article I wrote. They they had only won six games all year when they shot below 35% from three. When they're over that, their win percentage is like up over 70. So, when they're misfiring from deep, you really can't let those ones go. So, if they if they get another game where Miami's kind of running cold, and they make a couple tweaks here or there, I think I think that they can still get a game in the series. But it kind of goes back to how much fight do you have? Like, this bubble right. environment is quite different than being – I mean, and, yeah. you know, they were the four seed. But, you know, you go down 0-2, then you would have been going to Miami for these next two games. But, like, imagining a reverse scenario, there's just not a lot – where where does the, you know, the fight and the drive come from when you're down there in Orlando and you're in an 0-2 hole? Like, at a certain point, I'm not saying that they're going to give up or whatever, but at a certain point, are you starting to think about, hey, we're pretty close to being able to leave from here? Like, where do you find the internal <laughs> motivation? I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to be like – I mean, you could even see some of that with the Sixers. I thought, I mean, that, I mean not thought. I mean, you could really see it.
1: Oh yeah, I they mean, were horrendous.
2: If teams get, I just kind of expected a short first round all the way around, unless the teams were really evenly matched. For that reason, like you've been down there yeah. for over a month and a half. If you've gotten, if you've gotten housed or you're already in a hole, where does where does the turning point come from for you to really come out as you would when a series switches from one, one city to the other? Like, I just don't think. And gets the same scenario.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, incoming. That's a great point. Job, they get paid millions about, of dollars. About,
0: yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, think about the uh, yeah, think about the uh, you know when, when you talk about the series going back and forth, um, and and if you get back home at some point, you know, the the energy level from just that home crowd and everybody anticipating a playoff game is so much different. And uh, I, you know I <laughs> I never really thought about it that closely, but you're, you're right. You you can think you know everyone's thinking what's the real end game here? You know are we gonna make it all the way through at this point? Uh, maybe not. And maybe you're thinking all right I, I want to get back to my family. Um, but <laughs> I I feel like this team's gonna rally. It, it seemed like in the post game they were you know confident about coming back and getting the win. Um, in game three, and uh, you know, one game can, can flip the momentum in a hurry, especially um, with the way that the Pacers play, and you know, they haven't played their, their best game, they haven't had a game, and you know, I can see them having a the game where they're shooting better, and, and shooting out the heat in a similar way, if, if, you know, Duncan Robinson in Miami is playing that well, or shooting that well, as they did today, I mean, they were shooting lights out, and really, it was what six more threes and three more free throws. That's the, that's the nine points. So um, even though it felt it felt more like a blowout, and I guess that's how a put-up game is when you're when you're fighting uphill the whole game. It feels bad, but you know they did hang in there eventually, and and I felt you know that their energy level just wasn't there at at certain times, which is frustrating, um, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, yeah, I think they can. They can get one and stretch it, maybe maybe get to six, hopefully, and, and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Well, uh, Caitlin, Tom, this was fun. Uh, thank you for coming. Well, as fun as it can be after you're down 0-2. Um, this, this was fun. We'll, uh, we'll definitely be doing it again sometime. To everyone listening at home, thank you for listening. Please be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify. And most importantly, go read us on Indie, on Indie Cornrows. If you're not doing that already, what are you even doing? Come on. Um, have a good rest of your day. Go Pacers, and uh, just stay positive, all right? We're in the playoffs. That counts for something. Have a good rest of your day.